U.S. Open Week on the Golf.com podcast is brought to you by Ritani. Looking for an engagement ring? Then check out Ritani. Shop online and your ring is made in New York, the Big Apple, and sent to you straight to your door or to a local jeweler. It's really that easy. Go to Ritani.com slash sports and do it today for their free diamond giveaway. That's R-I-T-A-N-I dot com slash sports. Hello and welcome to the Golf.com podcast. I am your host, Sean Zock, here at the now-finished U.S. Open in Oakmont, sitting next to my colleague, Jeff Ritter. Honestly, I don't even know what to call the events that just happened today, other than confusing, uh, but Dustin Johnson is your 116th U.S. Open champion, despite some of the best efforts from Jim Furyk, Scott Piercy, and the USGA. Jeff, what is going through your mind right now? What's going through my mind? Uh, still kind of processing what happened uh, I've never I've never seen a major Sunday quite like this one um, it, was, it was a disjointed tournament to begin with with the weather delays but Sunday was just bizarre um, the, the the scenario that Dustin Johnson faced in the afternoon so being, weird being told on the 12th tee that he may receive a penalty and the round <laughs> is over I don't think that's ever happened before in a major championship. I give him a lot of credit for, for fighting through that and beating not just a field of players and not just America's, probably America's toughest golf course, but beating back uh, a bizarre and strange decision by the USGA to, to come to him in the middle of the round without a, without a firm yeah. decision, just yeah. to let him know that something was happening. Uh, I give him a lot of credit because he really, it, it, in some ways, saved the tournament and saved the USGA from themselves. The other thing I'm feeling right now is hungry. Yeah, no um, kidding. It's been a long night, and I haven't, we've not had dinner yet. No, but, it's uh, true. It was a very, very bizarre day. <laughs> yeah, I, um, before we go into it, which we will, the, the USGA decision, I can't imagine them handling it any worse than how they did. I really can't think of a way that they really could have done it worse. But anyways, we'll get to that later. Dustin Johnson... He is, he is the 116th U.S. Open champion. Uh, gets his first major. He has the monkey off his back. He says he feels lighter now that the monkey is off his back. It's a huge moment, huge moment in his career. Uh, he's always had these shortcomings at this major, at the U.S. Open in particular, but also at other majors. He finally gets it done. I feel like the floodgates might have just been open for the guy a little bit in terms of his golf career. Like He's, he's in his golf prime. Yeah, everything changes now for Dustin Johnson with this one win. We will see his the scar tissue that built up, those close calls. We even see those through a different lens now, now that he's done it, now that he's finally off that dreaded list of best player never to have won a major. Arguably, he was at the top of that list, and now his name's yeah. finally come off. And you talk about new things with him, such as the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that, no That's kidding. really the trajectory he's on. It's his first major, but... He's still younger than Phil Mickelson was when he won his first major. That's so right. There's, uh, the sky is the limit. You have to wonder if, if this does open the floodgates, as you say, or unlock something within him that now he can just be a little bit more loose. He doesn't have to answer those questions anymore every major championship about all of the heartbreak and all of the things that went wrong. Now he has something that finally, uh, against longer odds than normal yeah. you know, than your typical major, finally something went right for him. Yeah, it is really interesting. The, the idea of a golfer who had not pulled through, Jason Day was in the same scenario as him for a long time. And you see when Jason Day wins the PGA last year, all of a sudden he rattles off a couple of FedEx Cup playoff wins. And beyond that, he's won a couple times this year already. And the guy, it seems with these golfers that once you get the first one, 
in terms of just any tour win, that's a big deal. Once you get the first major, it makes it easier to get the second major and easier to get the third major. And I, yeah, I really feel totally like with, with the amount of talent, obviously, Dustin's always known for his talent. It's almost cliche to reference that. The guy just shows as a robotic, like, just behemoth in terms of driving the golf ball. He can play as good a golf as anyone in the world, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see even more of that this season. He's on the short list of guys that you look at and say he could win any of the four majors. Yeah. We know that because he's come close in all of them. The yeah. Masters is the His only game one translates where he doesn't, yeah, yeah, it does. Everywhere. The Masters is the only place where he, ha- he doesn't have a heartbreak. You know, yeah. he, hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't landed on the list of you know, ma- major meltdowns. So, but the, the others, he's come close numerous times. And now you, you have to wonder. He's, he belongs. He was on the list of sort of pre-tournaments favorites for a lot of these. But now, you know, the, the shackles are off. And it's, it's finally time for him to, uh, to see what he can do. And I, I think this is a huge burden. He spoke of it openly in his press conference that he feels lighter, free yeah. now. Watch out. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how uh, the media handles not only the narrative of what happened today with the USGA, but also just Dustin moving forward. Because I believe uh, we'll definitely jump Ricky Fowler in the uh, world golf rankings. And there's a good chance that he jumps Bubba Watson. It's a pretty good chance he jumps over Bubba Watson in the world golf rankings to number four. And that's a big deal because golf right now says <laughs> thinks they have a big three. Um, whether or not that's a premature title in itself, but... Dustin's throwing his name amongst like basically the pinnacle of golf right now, and it's ev- it's every bit fitting. Uh, and he really needed like this victory to get there. And I, I hope we don't get to a point where we're just like throwing around arbitrary big no- big four, big five numbers. But I think we're know. big five point five. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous and, and kind of true. And we'll probably talk about it uh, at no end. I don't think it matters. You know, I don't know. Is it's big three, big four? I do, I, there's a certain, there's just a t- maybe a tier of players. There's, yeah. a, there's the elite. And Dustin Johnson with this win took a step up. He's in the top tier. Yeah, he was already, I agree. He's already a top 10 player in the world, but that, that lack of a major was hanging over his head. And uh, that's it. He's, when you talk about who are the best players in golf right now, there's no way you leave Dustin Johnson off that list. Uh, anymore for the no. foreseeable future. No, and maybe maybe the terms of big four, big five, big five point five, like you said, that pretty much only matters for I guess like odds makers nowadays too, right? You, so you got you got all the dudes that are going to be like ten to one or better or worse odds actually, ten to one, five to one, sure. six to one, the single digit to one. That's your that's your top tier, I guess, that we were talking of, that you were just talking about is like that is the that's the echelon of guys that are favored to win every single one of the tournaments that they step on the course yeah. for. I can't imagine Dustin Johnson not being one of the top five picks yeah. in any major Moving you know, forward, as long as right? he's healthy. Yeah, it's it's gonna take at, at least a year, you would think. He'd have to be one of the top five yeah. picks if he's assuming he's healthy. You can't talk about DJ and his victory here. Without addressing the USGA ruling today, uh, Dustin finishes round at five under. You'll find any scoreboard on the internet that now says four under because he was assessed a one-stroke penalty for apparently causing his ball to have moved on the fifth green. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the video as well. It happened like five hours ago. It seems like <laughs> just an hour ago is when yeah, we were talking it's about been it. a blur. It really has been a blur. But the USGA on the 12th green, like you said, they, go, they come up to Dustin and they say, we're not sure if we're going to address you a penalty or not for what happened back there, but we might. 
and you've got a couple holes left, but you're not exactly sure where you sit right now. And Shane Lowry is actually like tied for you for the lead right now. I can't imagine the kind uh, of just mental, just like confusion that was going on through DJ's mind, and not only him but other uh, but other players that were uh, that were told this was happening. How'd be screwing with them a little bit too because they don't they don't know like okay so DJ did he get assessed a penalty? Are we waiting? Is it, is it guaranteed he'll get one? Eventually, towards the end, they do give him the penalty. It doesn't matter because he's four shots clear of the field. Jeff, can you give me your thoughts on, like, just briefly, like, why, why did the USGA do this? Was it – were you confused? Did you think he should have been penalized? It was, it was confusing at the time. It was strange. It was surreal. Um, it was embarrassing, you know, that, our, that the national championship of the United States – I agree with that this, word. Has this swirling around coming down the stretch. No other sports, major championships, you know, where – as, as we speak now, game seven of the NBA Finals is going on, and those guys will always know the score of the game. You know, that was, it's not a clean comparison, but you get the idea of just uh, to illustrate how ridiculous this is. And I, I think, as I look at it now, we're, like you said, five hours out. This, this is the way I see it. The USGA got everything about this wrong. Yeah. Well, let's count the ways. One, it was wrong of them to approach Dustin Johnson in the middle of the round without a decision yeah if you're going to approach it i understand if they review the film and say you know what we're going to hit him with a one-shot penalty tell him right go then. tell him go tell him and put the penalty on the board that makes complete sense so they got that wrong two it was then wrong to tell the field that <laughs> we may be doing something with dustin johnson but we don't now, know yet we don't know because you're just compounding that first mistake and then the third thing they got wrong I feel was Penalizing. actually assessing the penalty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, we looked at these replays like it's the Zapruder film, and it, <laughs> it doesn't. He's, he has his, he grounds the putter next to the ball. It takes a couple practice swings. He then moves the putter kind of over the not not on the ground behind the ball, but kind of hovers over the ball, and the ball rolls backwards. Yeah, you know, backward. a, couple, a couple dimples, and that's it. To me, that's that's still not a penalty. So that's one, two, three. The USGA got it all wrong. And they're, they're very lucky that Dustin Johnson yeah. won this tournament. The right man still won the event. He was yes. the best player. He deserved to win. And he bailed out the USGA. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I remember watching Twitter react and the various, oh, the various tour pros. Rory was on top of it. You can just see Rory. You can just visualize him fuming in whatever den he was in uh, watching this happen and watching the telecast from Fox talk about how the USGA was – thinking of penalizing DJ and you know Brand Snedeker chimed in and said look his ball moved backwards if he would have done anything with his putter his ball would have moved forwards common yeah. sense should prevail there also players talking about the sense of gravity they were triple cutting and double cutting the greens all week long as much as they could to slicken up the greens make them super hard right. and you got to look at it in terms of sheer physics like gravity was moving these balls on the green throughout the week. It happened to Shane Lowry a day prior, and Shane was docked a stroke. So it's the kind of thing where it didn't seem as though common sense was prevailing. Uh, no matter what you tune into on social media, it seemed like the USGA was um, was blind to it. Yeah. And and we probably won't get. Uh, I mean, that's we got the we've already received the explanation that we deserve, I guess, in that. They thought that he had deemed it to have moved the ball. So 
If that's what they believe, well, that's what can you do about that's it? That's explaining one of their three mistakes. Yes. But it doesn't explain how they handled it mid-round. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's it's good that you mentioned uh, the, the Twitter backlash. Not the media. I mean, the media, we're going to say what we say, and, and we do our best to report what happens. But the fact that actual players, and not just, I mean, we're talking, you're talking McElroy, yeah. Speed. These are you know, your the, top the three golf, players. Golf stars uh, of the moment coming out and, and as strongly as they possibly can, voice, voicing their disagreement with how this was handled. That's how real change happens. Yeah. You know, it's a, not to not to uh, underestimate the impact of the Golf.com podcast <laughs> and other outlets, but it's one thing for the media to be upset about the way some a situation or rules, you know, a governing body of golf handles an issue. But it's another thing when you get the biggest stars of this sport yeah. against you. This, this to me will create this this it'll be the that will be the spark of change will be the fact that McElroy and Spieth and other players falling in line behind them uh, quickly and decisively coming out against the way this was handled. That's how change happens. Yeah. I, I will expect I have a feeling I'm going to speculate. Yeah. I think we'll hear more from the USGA about how this was handled. And I think this will be the last time that we see this type of ruling handled this way, especially yeah. in a major. Before we continue, one note from a sponsor here at the Golf.com podcast, Ritani. A friend of mine just got engaged just last week. He called me talking about how nervous he was that entire process, the process of getting engaged and picking out the ring and finding the correct spot and more than anything, finding the correct lady. It's a moment that's a pretty incredible moment in his life and it takes a lot of preparation. If you buy the correct ring, half of those nerves and much of that preparation is swept away. So let Ritani help ease your process. All Ritani's rings are handcrafted in the Big Apple, New York City, down the street from where I live, the fashion capital of America. If you buy your ring online, they'll ship it overnight straight to your door or to a nearby jeweler. If the ring isn't perfect, you can return it without a problem. Ritani wants to take some of the nerves out of this life-changing moment. I am nowhere near getting married myself, but I still checked out their website. It's very intuitive, very easy to use. There's a checklist of things that help point you to the exact perfect ring that you need, which for some guys is exactly what we need. The best part is there might be zero purchase in it for you, especially this month. They're giving away a free diamond. Just visit Ritani.com sports. That's R-I-T-A-N-I.com sports for the free diamond giveaway. They are transparent enough. I, I agree with you. We should know. And in the future, we'll probably reference it as the Dustin Johnson rule, the Dustin Johnson at yeah. Oakmont rule, if it, if it comes true. Uh, you can't talk about this final round. Um, as well uh, as Dustin Johnson's 69, I guess we'll call it. 68 with an asterisk, 68, maybe? Yeah, 68 with an asterisk. You can't talk about it. I don't want it. to put an asterisk on it. That no. Was, to me, it was a 68. He, he, he earned it. Um, but you can't talk about it all without talking about Shane Lowry because he entered the day, or entered the final round, not the day, with a four-stroke lead uh, on multiple players and five strokes on another slew of players. So we knew that if he was going to lose he was going to have to move back to the field. He was going to have to post a bigger number. Eventually, he does post a 76. Uh, he finishes T2, uh, and in the group that is three behind Dustin John, or was, yeah, three behind DJ. I guess for him, maybe that's like one of those moments we never really seen him contend in a major before. It's kind of like right. one of those things. You, d you don't often see players who are contending in their first major turn it into a victory, and I think that was kind of just 
the next example of that. Yeah, he was in a, he was in a new place yeah. Sunday out here in Oakmont. I mean, it's one thing to be leading, and then he's got a four shot lead, which comes with its own unique kind of pressure. Yes. Of, you know what what am I doing up here? Uh, he's never had a fifty four hole lead on tour, and uh, I still am not ready to write off the impact of the Dustin Johnson situation uh, the impact it might have had on him. He yeah. was he was the closest pursuer at that point. He was one shot behind DJ. Uh, they Lowry said afterwards they approached him on the 12th tee. Uh, he birdied that hole, but then made two more bogeys coming in. He wasn't playing well. I mean, it, but it certainly didn't look like that had a positive impact on his game. To his credit, afterwards he said that it that it had no effect. But we're getting an uh, we're getting an announcement <laughs> right now. Breaking announcement. Yeah. The, the apology or, or follow-up from the USGA that I that was predicted here on the Golf.com podcast. Uh, minutes five, prior. Within minutes. Uh, <laughs> Those guys are going to get we're, grilled. We're getting uh, new information. So If we have any strength in this media center, and there are hundreds of people in here, I've, I believe those guys are going to get grilled. Yeah, this is going to be the se- this is going to go down as the second best show of the day if, if <laughs> Dustin Johnson's performance over their spo- those final holes, especially on 18, hitting the clutch shots to just to just uh, that was impressive. emphatically finish this off. Uh, this press conference is probably going to be the second uh, hottest show uh, of the day here in Oklahoma. There's a lot of lot of questions. Um, I have a feeling, like I said, change will come yeah. from, from this, and I don't think the USGA will allow themselves to be put in this position again. Yeah, the I think looking at the score, the scoreboard, you've got DJ up there. There are a total of four guys in red figures throughout four days. Uh, you've got actually a lot of guys that shot over par in the fourth round. I think it says a lot, though. Dustin Johnson has. He a uh, 68 in your books. Uh, Jim Furyk shot four under. Piercy one under today. You had Kevin Nash shoot one under. Lingmer three under. Kepka two under. That's it as far as the top of the leaderboard goes. Um, I think it says a lot about Oakmont that uh, while it punished many players like Shane Lowry and Lee Westwood, guys that weren't exactly on their game, it was also receptive enough to some incredible play, incredible ball striking that there was an under par round out there does that does that get you to me that's the perfect major course it's something that can be receptive enough to a really good round but also punish and really really challenge the players yeah i I think the most fun major championships are the majors where guys can go up or down the leaderboard it's not um the masters is great for those sunday finishes but a lot of people were upset about augusta for being too tough in the early rounds i i thought augusta was great this year i thought this u.s open was great i give uh you got to tip your hat it's sunday night and we finished uh despite all the delays and i've mean, yeah, been out there getting true. just rained on uh it was raining cats and dogs for for a day and a half here and the grounds crews worked around the clock and kept the course not just playable but, but worthy of this championship. And sure, Oakmont wasn't as fiery and difficult as it absolutely could have been. Even though the greens were pushed um, to their limit, it was as fast, the greens were, green speeds were as fast as they could have gone. They were still more receptive to those iron shots. You didn't see the high bounces yeah. on the irons. Guys were, guys were able to stick some wedges and, and play a little bit differently than they would have otherwise if, if Oakmont was truly uh, at its at its toughest and firmest, but it doesn't take away from the championship. I mean, the golf the golf course did what it set out to do. Um, it was tough. It identified a great champion, 
And uh, once again, Oakmont shows why it's, yeah. it's hosted more U.S. Opens than any other. And it will host its 10th U.S. Open, I believe, right. in 2025. Yep. Uh, so just We're shot, coming back to Oakmont, Sean. Just shy of a decade. If Hopefully you and I are still working together, that would be, that'd be pretty impressive. Hopefully the USGA has this whole uh, ruling thing figured out by then. I'm yeah. hoping the next nine years. It's always it. funny when, uh, when they announce future venues at U.S. Opens or at big events like the Ryder Cup because they have to do it, or they at least seemingly feel like they have to do it, they being the governing bodies, uh, they have to do it eight, nine years in advance. And I just make when I think about it, I think about myself nine years from now. I think about <laughs> Dustin Johnson, who'd be 40 nine years from now, coming back to Oakmont. It's just, I always find that a very interesting part of these major weeks. And um, where will the golf.com podcast be at that point well definitely hopefully with more subscribers but we need oh, people I would, to, to I would jump assume on we'll have you know viewers on mars maybe by that point <laughs> for all we know true hopefully <laughs> um just before before we go a couple last reflections you look at the leaderboard and right below d johnson you see furick jim furick played the round of the day by all means uh four under 66 with a bogey on 18. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, 46 yeah. year old Jim Furyk came out and and really got after Oakmont. Uh, I know Jason Sobel from ESPN tweeted out his nine hole um, his nine hole scores throughout the event, and his highest nine hole score uh, was 36. And then Saturday morning, his, th- his beginning of his third round, he shot 41. So Jim Furyk was actually quietly on point the entire time it just says a lot um for a guy who just recently had wrist surgery and is just back into competitive golf it's uh it's it's good to see because you see dustin johnson he's an american uh and you see jim furick as far as Ryder cup points go they're worth double this week and jim furick is going to jump up high and could you know you got to forget this guy is a uh He's an assistant captain. He could be assistant playing captain. I don't captain. know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm Is not that ready. too far I'm for not, you? I'm not ready to endorse Jim Furyk as a Ryder Cup player this year. I think he's had his run, but I will give him all the credit in the world for playing well this week. Uh, it burned him to come so close to winning the U.S. Open at Oakmont the last time it was here. Being a Western Pennsylvania guy like he is, this is the major he wanted more than than probably any he'll play for the rest of his career. Yeah. And uh, he played great. You know, he did. He was just three shots short. Um, I thought it was nice to see him birdie the 17th hole uh, this time around. That was what the hole that cost him the open the last time. Tough to bogey on the 18th. Yeah. I mean, if he posts two under instead of instead of one, maybe DJ. You know, he's got a yeah. DJ would have to think More a lot think harder about, that yeah. last hole, um, standing on the tee with a one-shot lead instead of two, like he did. So um, good for Jim Furyk to play the way he did. But uh, in the end, like I said earlier. I think despite all of, all of the rain, the controversy, uh, the elements, the opponents, the, we got the right winner this week. Yeah. The, the best player in the field did win, and uh, that's really what matters in the end. That's what we'll remember. Uh, next time we'll see Dustin Johnson, major champion. Uh, I believe we'll be at the Bridgestone uh, in a couple weeks, and then shortly thereafter he's going to have a chance to get his second major at the British Open. That's it for the Golf.com podcast today, Sunday night here at the U.S. Open. Dustin Johnson is your champion, the first major of his career. Thanks for tuning in all this week. It was as entertaining as golf can really get with a perfect combination of a great champion, controversy, and excitement throughout. If you're not a subscriber of the podcast, well, then you're just letting me and Jeff down. Just subscribe. It's as easy as tapping your phone until next time. Don't let us down. (laughs) Don't let us down. 
Until next time, for Jeff Ritter, I'm your host, Sean Zock.